0: Hey folks, hope you're having a good week. Uh, My name is Mason. I'm the host here. In this episode, we're actually throwing back a couple years, but before we jump in, I did want to let you know we are giving away a major, uh, major giveaway with Gnarly Nutrition. As you know, they've been supporting the podcast for a couple months now, but they are giving away two sets, uh, basically two packages worth over $100 each to two lucky listeners of the show All you have to do is go to the show notes, put in your email. Uh, It showcases it's their greens, it's their hydrate and their protein and uh, great stuff. A lot of the athletes that have been on the show lately have used their product and used their product before, during, and after adventures to stay hydrated and stay fueled. So check it out. Two lucky winners are going to win. And Gnarly, thank you so much for doing the giveaway. All right. So for this episode, uh, we talked to Marty Johnson. This was a really cool episode because it was right before the pandemic. Uh, Marty was getting ready for his sixth tour divide, uh, which is the 2750 mile mountain bike race from Banff, Alberta all the way down to Mexico. It's every summer. And uh, Marty was getting ready for his sixth one, but he was 65 years old. He had done his first one to celebrate his 60th birthday and had done it every year since. And he has done some since. So over half a dozen now. And what's so cool about this is the resolution Marty decided to make when he turned 60 years old. A lot of us think that maybe our adventure life is winding down at that point. Well, for Marty... It was just getting started. It's unbelievable that he said at that age, I'm going to do something this audacious and this crazy. And I absolutely love it. And it just goes to show that keep your body ready, keep yourself ready, because the time of life when you can do this is really long if you take care of yourself. And if you're in a position in life like I am right now, where really long adventures just probably aren't possible for a while, uh, I've got young kids. I don't necessarily wanna be gone that long. So the desire isn't totally there, but I know that I want to do more big trips in the future. The thing is, there's gonna be a lot of chances between now and the time I'm you know, leaving this earth, uh, either from layoffs or recessions or whatever, we know that there's gonna be chances to, to, to be ready for this. So get your finances ready, get your body ready. Um, it might be soon, it might be when you're 60, it might be after that. But Marty's story and many other stories we have on this show go to show that you never know when the opportunity is going to present itself. So like I said, be ready and don't think that if you didn't do this in your 20s or in your teenage years even, uh, that the opportunity is past because it absolutely hasn't. All right, let's go ahead and hear from Marty. Hey folks, welcome to the show. Uh, today we've got a great guest. We are talking about the tour divide, you know, one of my favorite topics. We don't get to talk about it, or we haven't talked about it in a while, but uh, yeah, on today to, to bring up an old topic, but in a fresh light is Marty Johnson. Marty, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. i glad to be a part of it. I've listened to a few of the episodes and uh, always enjoy talking about the divide.
0: Oh man. So, so, you know, we were just talking, but you know, when you're not out there doing the divide, you are running a a gardening center and and where is that based out of where, where's home for you?
1: Uh, Wichita, Kansas. We've got uh, two retail stores and then one of our locations is a distribution center where we sell basically landscaping supplies to landscape companies, lawn service companies. My son's president. Of the the company now, which uh, is good for me to go off and do some things I want to do.
0: Do people? I mean, do you talk about it a lot at at, at work? And are people just blown away?
1: Uh, yeah, they're they're interested in it. They're it's I guess different in a lot of ways, but and we'll talk about it later. You know, it's a device similar to many things in our lives that we all all deal with. But you know, we've got our busy season in the spring, and and then we hit we hit it hard and. And other times of the year it's slower like you know, in the winter time and in the summer so it does not enable me to get away but uh, it you know it takes all of our attention some of the time of the year and other time of the years it's you know it's, it's not as much so
0: so when you when you're attempting the divide it seems like you, you go right out of right into busy season with with work and then you jump right on the divide it's got to be wild
1: yeah it, it is and and it's you know our our busy time, like I say, is the spring. And of course the divide starts that second Friday in June every year. I'd love to be spending the whole spring out training and being ready to go. And, and, uh, but it, it's, it's hard to get away because of work to go and, and train. Um, again, my, I say I've turned over a lot of those responsibilities to, to family and and, and employees. So I am able to, to go do some events, but yeah, it is, it's hard to get out and get trained. And then I say it's April and May is like my dad always said, it's, it's the Super Bowl for us. And then a complete different focus with, uh, with the tour divide.
0: No kidding. Lots of plants out there though, still lots of flowers coming oh, out. And, so and, sure. and that's,
1: you know, that's the thing I, I like about it. You know, we all look at the geography is so, it's so varied. I mean, you've seen it. And, but it's just, it's just so, you know, the mountains and everything, but, but the plants is something that I, we're all stopping, taking pictures, and I'm out there in the middle of the, the Great Basin, down on my hands and knees, taking a picture of this, this little flower. And yeah, the, the plants really are, are part of the attraction for me. And, and not only the flowers, but the you know the conifers, the you know the evergreens. It's just you know so varied uh, the whole way. But it's just part of the, of the attraction for me.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's there's I mean, there's so much on on an experience like that. And I, I mentioned, I'm going to mention, you know, what the tour divide is for all the new listeners, or if you need a refresher for everyone um, that's new to the show. But you, you know, you, that it's such a wild idea, man. And, and you're planning to do it again this year in 2020 for your sixth time. At the age of 65, when, 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 what, what year was the first year you did it? And how did that idea come about?
1: 2015 was, was the first year that I attempted it. You know, I've just gone back every year and, and started again. And I finished it that first year. And when you finish it, just like a lot of adventures, you know, it's, you get to the end, it's, it's bittersweet because it's, you know, you've been, you spent weeks or a month of your life doing this hike or bike or whatever it is. And you're ready for it to be over. But then on the other hand, it's like, it's going to be over, you know? Yeah. So, um, over. yeah. And, you know, some people say, well, are you going to do it again. And that first year, I said, you know, if a good friend wants to go do it with me, they're going have to have to twist my arm pretty hard for me to go back and do this again. But, if, you know, <laughs> if my son or daughter wanted to do it, I, you know, I'd, I'd sign up in a heartbeat. A lot of these events, it just pulls at you. You know, you, you get somewhat recovered from it. And then you get, you know, four or six months after from it, then, I mean, all you do is you think about it every day. Absolutely. You get to where you just, you can't wait to, to get back.
0: So you your first year was 2015, meaning this will be your sixth time, but you were 60 when you started it, when you first attempted it and finished it, correct?
1: Right, yeah, I was 60 years old. And, you know, I was active, you know, working outside all the time. I, you know, I've stayed in pretty good shape, but I wasn't in sports a lot growing up we were myself my two brothers we lived next to the garden center we were we were working at the garden center and and wow. um uh, so you know i never i didn't play football baseball i didn't hunt and fish but you know i liked just being outside and so i you know like a lot of us you know we the great divide mountain bike race i think was early on and yeah i think maybe on MTB cast joe was you know had the calls call-ins and i think that's maybe where i first heard about it and then there was an article in outside magazine and of course then the documentary came out and and you just like you know maybe i can do that sometime and a friend of mine who does ultras you know runs and triathlons and we kind of talked about it. it's like well you know maybe let's let's do a state of year and so funny i decided well i'm gonna i'm gonna do it. it was in 14 it's like i'm gonna do it next year and i just approached it it's like you're not know, I'll go as far as I can. You know, I, I, uh, did some longer rides, did race across Texas in, in 14. That was 850 miles in eight days, I think, and all self-contained. And it's like, well, okay, you know, maybe I can do it. I didn't, you know, no pressure on myself. It's just like, well, you know, if I don't make, it, I don't make it. It's like, you know, I, I know it wasn't going to be very fast, but you know, people say, well, you know, how long is it going to take you? It's like, I don't know. I figured, you know, hundred miles a day, Twenty eight hundred miles, maybe a month, and so mm-hmm. then that's you know it's about where I've been. So no, I made it that first year and and finished on day twenty eight or twenty nine, and then went back in sixteen and I had a meeting to go to in Denver and put a little more pressure on myself. It's like if I could do it in twenty six or seven days, I can make my meeting. And I got down, you, know, you get to New Mexico and had some mud and some had some slower days, and so I, I bailed it at, at Cuba and made my meeting. And, and, and after that, you know, I felt, I mean, I regretted, you know, pulling out that year. It's like, you know, we can spend our lives going to meetings, but (laughs) yeah, you know, know, it's, it's just, you know, I missed an opportunity to finish again. So then I went back in in 17 and there was a a Bobby Smith from Winfield, Kansas, a friend of mine. He, he um, decided to do it. And he and I rode together quite a bit on it and finished in 17. And then, then in 18, I thought, well, you know, on the Dubai, it's like, you know, you, you leave Banff and it's, it's wet and cold. Every year I'd leave, it, it was always raining mm-hmm. at, at the start. And so it's like, um, I'm going to start down in New Mexico. I'm from Kansas. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I I ride in the heat. And so I, I caught the train, went to Albuquerque, and a friend took me to Antelope Wells and took off. And, and I lasted four days in 18. I It, it got hot. And I just... By that time, my head wasn't in it, and like I said, my friend Bill is in Albuquerque, and I had an out, and I and I took it, and then of course that one I regretted too. So then went back last year in, in 19 and and finished it again. Then just like from now, just probably probably do it every year as long as I can. You know, I'm fortunate to be able to, and so I'll just you know enjoy it and just keep going back and doing it.
0: You just say, yeah, you act like it's no big deal, man. I mean, this is like the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> and I was, what? I was, I was pretty young when I did it, but, uh, I mean, it was just such a, such an adventure in, in, and such a, it was such a mental game the whole time. Like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't, you know what I mean? Being young and not probably as disciplined in life at that point. And, uh, Gosh, it was just such a whirlwind. Every day it felt like just a, a total yeah. adventure of no, not knowing what was going to happen. But I like to just to come back and do it over and over and over again. Man, that's that's I, I am not there in life. Let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> well, I you know there's a couple things. I my gut feeling is there's a higher percentage of riders that finish that are 40 and over than 40 and under. I
0: definitely agree.
1: I think it's just what you say. You know, when you're 40 and over, you know you're. For the most part, your families are raised. You've, you've gone through more life challenges. You're you're glad to be out there. Yeah, we're racing it. Our our goal is is to just finish it within the rules. And they you know they say it's the hardest mountain bike race in the world. Or I'm not gonna say it's not hard because it is, but it's just long. You're just riding every day, not recovered.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You, know, you can do a, a half marathon or or whatever and then you can go and recover and do another one a few days later but you know on the divide it's like you're just even from the start you're competing not recovered and not well fed and probably not well hydrated and sleeping cold and all that
0: not not doing too good Uh, all all around
1: it sounds like (laughs) and you know this year i was talking to uh in brush mountain lodge to to josh and sophie and they had both pulled out and ended up back at, at brush Mountain lodge and they were spending some time and it it was it was so fun spending time with those guys it was it was like old home week almost and you know those those guys you i'd, I'd met him and we had talked but you know you feel like you're almost this tribe but because you know we were a, a family now but we were talking up there in brush Mountain. It's like you know we we really ought to just tour this thing not race it and just, you oh, know, yeah. get someplace, make make dinner, have a campfire. Cause it was so much fun there at Brush Mountain sitting around the campfire, eating pizza and drinking a beer. It's like, you know, you know, get up in the morning, make coffee. And if you want to go off, off course, you go off course. And then on the other hand, you know, I'm still trying to do it in 25 days. So you keep, you know, chasing that carrot out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I've heard a lot of people say, if you could do it again, what would you do? And a lot of them, say I'd take a lot more stuff. I would go a lot slower and I'd bring a fishing pole because there is just so, there's so much you could stop and explore every day because it's, it really is, you're, you're really out there in the wilderness, a lot of it, and it's just pristine. It's a lot of, it's just very pristine. But, you know, I wanted to ask, you know, being, being born and raised in, in Kansas and being third generation, um, running, it's the same gardening center for the, your third generation, correct?
1: Yes. I'm third okay. generation. Right.
0: Yeah. What, what, you know, were, were, was your parents, were they adventurous like this? Cause I know a lot of people that I'm from a small town in Florida and there's a lot of, you know, second, third, fourth generations companies. And I just feel like, you know, it, it very rare do you find somebody that just decides to do something so out of the box like this. Um, do, you, do do you come from a, a family like this, or are you kind of like a black sheep in your community of like, oh yeah, Marty goes out every summer and does that crazy ride thing, but well, know, he yeah. comes
1: back. <laughs> yeah, th- well, there's certainly that. I tell people, well, I wasn't one of the A students, you know. I, I have, okay. I, have, I, have I haven't learned, but you know, my my grandfather, he he came up to uh, to Kansas in a covered wagon from Oklahoma and my dad, he was, he was older. He was born in 16. So I mean, he was older when we were growing up and uh, was in, in world war two. And he said, you know, I spent you know two or three years in a pup tent in Germany. And so camping wasn't his idea of fun. Right. Um, you know, we, we were in scouts and I, you know, I really liked, you know, the scouting and the campouts, you know, going to Philmont and, and all that. So I, I really liked that. And my family wasn't campers growing up, but um, my son was in scouts. It was an activity that we did. So, no, it wasn't something that, I mean, I wasn't out all the time growing up with, with my family doing adventures.
0: What What do you think it is about the tour divide that, that draws you um, back every year?
1: Uh like we talked about the, the scenery the, the the places that that you see and and just and, and it's so varied and people ask you know what's your favorite parts like I, I don't know it's Canadian Rockies are just you know those majestic jagged mountain tops you know down to the desert of the southwest they're also diverse and just I guess just experiencing that again and then and then you know the, the people that that you meet a mentioned you can hang out in Banff and, you know, rub shoulders with, you know, people that have won this thing. You know, they're in our eyes, they're the elite athletes of this world, you know, not the people we are watching on TV. So being able to, you know, rub shoulders with them and just, and it may just be for, you know, an hour or two, but just making those connections. And then the people on the way that approach you and, you know, a lot of them, they know what you're doing. There's in 15, I was in Breckenridge and walking down getting ready to eat lunch in this cafe and like i say you you look like you're from mars you know you've got yeah. this head on and your bike and walking down a you know this tourist town and, and this guy walks up and you know i'm like I said, i'm i'm not fast and but this guy walks up and goes, hey are you marty and I, I kind of look over at him and it's like yeah well i've been following the and i knew you were in town and wow. just want to come out here and see and you know just people that you know, you'll be riding along and there'll be people that'll ride by and just, you know, give you a thumbs up so they know what you're doing. So, you know, it's just kind of the whole deal. It's just, you know, yeah, it's tough. And you'll be riding along and it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, what am I doing out here? You know, I've done this thing how many times and, you know, you're hurt and you're sore and it's like, you know, I could be home in my swimming pool and, and hanging out. But then you turn around a corner and and there's just, you know, in the basin or wherever and this. You think, oh, this is the most beautiful place I've ever been to. I can't wait to get back here next year.
0: Hmm. Is is there an experience you've had out there that you could point to that kind of illustrates that? Maybe, maybe a very memorable experience that that maybe you think about a lot. Can can I make it any more vague than that?
1: <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. You know, I'm trying to thought what you're going to ask. In front, you know, there's a lot of stories, a lot of yeah. fun stories. Well, this year there's a uh, there's a little. Cabin. It's between Lincoln and what, Helena, and it's just out in the middle of this field, and and it's like a little hostel. in this,
0: I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, and 17, we stayed there that night, but never talked to anybody. And but this year, I I just try to keep going more this year. when in the past, you get someplace, and, and if you're riding with somebody, you, it it would be like, hey, let's get a let's get a room tonight. and that first year, I think I spent about half the nights in them in a motel room. But, but this year it was like, I'm just, you know, I'm going to just and since then It's like, I'm going to keep going. And I think this guy's name is John. And so I went up, I stopped there and he, he comes out, Hey, you know, how, you know, wants to find out my story and, and it's yeah, my, my wife, she's, she made some chicken salad sandwiches here and we've got refrigerator here. We've got pop beer, whatever you want. And it's like, Oh, you know, you're hungry. And so I stopped there and, and eat and, it's like, well, you know, what do I owe you? He goes, oh, you don't always see anything. Just we want just pay it forward sometime. I guess experiences like that, that there's there's good people out there. And from this year, and of course, that, you know, Kirsten, their Brush Mountain Lodge, it's, you yeah. know, it's defined, defined. <laughs> and, you know, you leave Wyoming and then instantly you're in you know, Colorado, and, you know, mountains and everything and that twelve miles up that road to her place is, you know, it's it's a push, especially in the afternoon. And I've gotten there at five in the afternoon, I've gotten there at ten o'clock at night and then she's there, runs out, Hey Marty, you know, gives you a hug and what 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 do you want? you want you know you want some pizza or you know, whatever. So it's just um
0: That's unreal, man. I you know, I know everyone you're talking about just just because you know, it's probably like anyone that does a through hike or something. There's these people that are are kind of fixtures along the route, and they obviously get a lot of joy out of it too, seeing these folks come through every year. And I know one thing. When I when I get to the point I don't want to do this stuff anymore, I would love to be one of those people that can host and can support and yeah, can—, can Honestly, they're doing so much for you. They're like restoring your faith in humanity just knowing that— some this person out here in the woods, I'm going to be able to rely on, you know, in, yeah. in a couple of months. I just know they're going to be there. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. That's very well,
1: cool. Well, you know, another story too is in that in '15, going into Hartsel, Colorado,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, leave you leave Breckenridge, go over Boreas Pass, hit Como, and go around and. And it was, I was trying to beat a thunderstorm and it, it's, it's open out there. It was thundering and you see some lightning and you'd look ahead and try to find a place. Okay. If this starts coming down here, where am I going to hide out? And, and finally you hit the highway and it's like, okay, I can make it into Hartsel now. So I, I pull into Hartsel, and, and it's like eight 30 at night. Well, the kitchen closes at eight. And oh, so, and, but there was, there was this guy in there playing pool and, I think his name is Chuck and and Chuck had been at this bar a good part of the day and, and that's <laughs> he, a nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. And uh have been playing pool and, and partaking there and I said, man, do you guys have any foods? or know, the kitchen clothes and well, here, I've got this, I've got a cheeseburger and fries. Just, just take it. I'm just, you can have it. It's like, no, I, I'm a, I don't want to take it. No, go ahead and here, just, you can have it. I don't need it. So wow. yeah, I'll take it. So, you know, I, I eat it up. And then the next year I, I was through there and I mentioned that to him. I said, you know, what, what was the deal, you know, with that guy? And he goes, well, that's just how people are around here. And, and I've always wished he would be there when I go back through there again. And, but, you know, never is, but it's just, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere and just this little, little bar there and on the highway.
0: Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that help make this show possible. That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode. It's an amazing experience. You know, is there is is there, you know, having done it or or having been out there 5 times and completed it 3 times, is, is there any place now that's kind of special to you that you look forward to, maybe a region or or a mountain range or a part of the trail that 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 you really enjoy?
1: Yeah, there's one and it's it's been um, I, I look forward to this place, and that it's after you, uh, let me see, it's, it's going into Sealy Lake, and you that pass there, and then you do that, there's like a like a 180 you do, but you get there, and you're looking at the Mission Mountain Range to the west, and it's. I've always gotten there, oh, late in the afternoon, it's just, I don't know, it's just almost a spiritual event, just sitting there and, and looking out there, and it's just, you know, the range is probably I don't know, thirty miles away, but just seeing that whole mountain range from the from that distance in the evening and and then the clouds is just is just special. Um it, it was kind of weird this year too. In in the basin you you're you're crossing the basin and and there's that, that one spot that was in the middle of nowhere there's this old hood of a car. And it's like <laughs> how did, and I, I, you know, I'm guessing they're up there sledding with it or something, but there's this hood of this car at the top of it's probably, it wasn't like a 1950 Chevrolet, just a rounded hood, yeah. It's all dented in, it's orange. And you think, you wonder what the story is with that thing. And, and, and this year I'm up there and, you know, you, you know, about where it's at, but and there, and it's like, you know. I couldn't find it. It's like, man, did someone take this thing? And I was almost starting to get disappointed. And sure enough, there it was, you know, <laughs> it just hadn't gone far enough, but you know, it's just crazy stuff like that, that you, you kind of, you know, look for, and you've seen every year and, and look, look forward to seeing, cause you know, they're, they're kind of milestones and along the way that, that you look for. And, and Marshall Pass is another place that I, it's one of my favorite spots. And I don't know, I don't know what it is about it, but it's just, you know, leave Salida, and was it Punch of Springs, and you go up that, Well, it seems like it's 20 miles, it's probably six or seven miles up that grade, you know, it's paved, but it's just like, man, I can't wait to get off this road, it just takes forever, and then you hit the gravel on it, you know, it, it's up, it's a rail trail, but it's, um, you know, a lot of that's kind of Aspen line, and I just picture myself back a hundred years ago on this old narrow gauge railway, going up this path is just I know it's just another area that I look forward to every year. Hmm, I know,
0: I know what you're talking about now. Is there, yeah. is there any place that you find particularly challenging or, or don't really love?
1: You know, I was trying to think where the, you know, the hardest part is, and there's always the payoff for this long climb and, and there, and there is, and, you know, it's probably Southern New Mexico and the Gila is probably as tough as any place. You know, it's, it's what a hundred and some miles. There's, there's really no water that you can, collect or filter there's no streams out there really to speak of and there's no food and it's hot and it's um, probably new mexico that southern part's probably the the toughest part and in that that first year i did it we hit you know there's an alternate route that the true divide people take and it's on that continental divide trail they they run us over there and well that first year it was you know i'm tired and it was raining and it's hard to it's kind of hard to find the trail in that in that campsite there and i'm starting to go up it and it's like oh my you know my shoes are wet and i'm going up granite and it's like oh i think i'm gonna go back and take the road so i go i go back and and a a friend of mine philip bird is back there so we we start going around and um go ways. it's you know it's a couple hours up to the top and this driver comes up and he says you're you're not on the route and it's like I know and I goes, well your buddy turned around and so I stop and it's like you know I spent a month of my life out here doing this right I need to go back and do the right thing so yeah. I need to go back and do that that trail and I'm, I'm you know I'm so glad I did because so finally I go back and I you know I wasted probably four or five hours with that decision but I get back up there on that trail and once you get to the top it's like Again, at that point, it rained. it was really clear, and there's yucca up there blooming, and it's like, man, this is I would have missed this spot had I done the wrong thing. I'm so glad that I you know came back and did the right thing and and, and that's another tough spot I mean you know how it is it's you know it's hike a bike and your bike weighs sixty pounds, and it's it's just a lot of walking up there, narrow and and i and I'm not a good mountain biker anyway, so I'm not real comfortable doing that but you know then you get to you almost look forward to it now
0: (laughs) so so what compelled you at the age of 60 to get out there and and do this did you do you have a history of doing adventures like this or was this kind of out of the norm for you
1: you know i i I don't think i hadn't been doing a lot of these i said i had you know the previous conversation with mike my friend the ultra athlete, and he we just talked about it and it's like you know i'd ridden gravel roads i had done a few races around here road races and i never was very fast and you know i'd be on the podium when there were three people in my in the, in the class but you know we do we've done um a lot of gravel out here dirty kansas and in the states and it's like yeah i'm gonna it's a little bit i guess i tried to do things maybe a little different maybe things that other people don't try and i was at a point in my life where i i, I could get away and do it and had talked to some people that yeah you know, yeah, there's people doing it that are in the 60s so it's like well I'll give it a shot and ended up
0: finishing. Ended up finishing yeah. Wow that's pretty I mean it's just impressive I mean how were you were you were you confident going into it you, you you said you didn't put yourself you know in a in a bunch of a bunch of pressure on yourself basically but were you how were you feeling going in?
1: Yeah I felt after the Texas ride I the year before that race across Texas yep. you know it was 100 miles a day so I yeah, I figured I could optimistic that I could do it, um, physically, but I guess because I didn't put pressure on myself mentally it I was able to not let that get to me, but you know, it's, it's definitely a big part of it, that, that mental part of it.
0: How, how many times do you foresee yourself doing it? Do you just enjoy doing it over and over again?
1: I, I do, you know, it's you know, a friend of mine that, well, Bill, that, that picks me up. And after that, after 18 he said you know i guess you've got unfinished business and it's you know if you think you can do it you better do it because there will be a time when you can't
0: do you feel compelled at all to, to do other things or do you just enjoy this this route this culture this uh this group of people
1: yeah i think it's it's the culture that i really enjoy and 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 the people too but you know i'm probably missing out on some things some other ones yeah, But I, i've done billy rice's grand gravel that'll be in, and upon doing it again so that's 500 and, 500 miles in mm-hmm. march so I, you know i do some intermediate events to get some other experiences and but i guess it you know it's there's a certain comfort level having already done it that yeah. makes it easy to go back and do and you know, you've got the equipment for the most part and and there's a certain amount of fun on any, any of these adventures is of course they always say, you know, this the journey, not the destination. And even, you know, part of the journey is the preparation for it too. That's
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, looking at the maps and, and all the you know, the gear and just making sure everything's ready, ready to go. And you know, a- after that, I guess you say, how long will you be doing it after after that Texas ride, I my fingertips got numb. And just being on my bike, I guess, for hours a day, and that and that's never gone away. And fingers will get numb, my hand will get numb, and then I'll go do. The, it'll get better during the year. Then I'll go ride again for a month, and it'll get worse. And well, I had, I thought I better have this check. So finally, I went the summer after I got back, and and said, yeah, you've got carpal tunnel syndrome. So they, I had the surgery in September on both wrists and the ulnar nerve in my left elbow and, and they're a lot better. I'll probably never, the tingling will probably never go away, but th- this spring on these longer rides, if it, if it gets a lot worse again, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll make a decision in whether to do it or not, but that would be the only thing that would probably.
0: Yeah. Keep you from doing it.
1: Yeah. Keep me from doing it. Yeah. I, I don't want to go. I mean, the surgery wasn't painful, but it's just, you know, it's just not a lot of fun. So it's like I say, it's, you know, it's hard on, hard on your bodies out there doing that. And as long as I can do it and not do too much damage, I'll I'll continue to go.
0: Definitely inspiring. Definitely inspiring. So what does your family think about you doing this all the time? Do they, do they think Mm -hmm. you're crazy? Do they understand? Well,
1: they, yeah, they understand it. And my, my son, he'll, he'll ask from time to time. And then before I'm out there doing it, you know, it's still fun, dad. You know, I think what he's saying is that, you know, if it's not fun, you know, don't, you know, don't keep doing it. So no, I think as long as it's fun, no, they they get it. They know that it's a it's a passion and something I enjoy doing. And they, I mean, you know how it is, watching the dots on on track leaders. People love doing that. Yeah, and I'm sure knowing someone, it's even it's even better.
0: Do you ever do they ever come out and see you on the ride? See to, to see these places, you know. Just I I mean, it's hard to. It's hard to know what it's like unless you see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember yeah. my dad told me, he's like, I just didn't understand why you like to ride your bike all across the country till I flew out to see you and you rode up to me. And he's like, and then I watched you ride right away. And it's like, yeah. I get it now. Yeah. My daughter's
1: been to Banff twice.
0: Oh, that's not too shabby. That's a, that's a beautiful area. Oh, yeah. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's honestly
0: uh, probably among the most beautiful scenery on the whole trip is right where it begins, you know?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I, I had a, uh, had a cousin that was, it was funny. She was, lives in Denver and, uh, was, was following and, came out to Silverthorne I got there like at 10 o'clock at night and I I mentioned that my friend Philip Bird we kind of hop you know rode together hopscotch back and forth and he he pulls into he gets a Silverthorn before I do and my my cousin Carol's at, you know following the divide race and and uh has a sign made you know you know welcome Marty or something like that and so she sees the light coming up and and she's, she thinks it's me and, of course, it's Philip. And she's like, you know, can I, what's going on? Where is everybody? And he's like, oh, there is no everybody. This is, you know, <laughs> this this is,
0: is how
1: is it is. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. It's like, you know, people you know, like Antelope Wells, what's down there? It's like, well, let me show you on Google Earth. There's, there's nothing down there.
0: Yeah, I mean, over the course of 2,700 miles, 150 people can get quite a bit of distance between them. Oh. Where
1: you you feel, you don't just feel alone, you are very alone. This year, I was in a bubble. I was probably, for a good part of it, I was probably 50 miles behind and ahead of other people. So I was, yeah, you've got to be able to ride by yourself um, and be by yourself for hours on end.
0: Absolutely. You know, absolutely. it it You do kind of group together just like any other event, but... Man, you can you can go days without seeing people, depending on your schedules and and just how everyone else is riding around you, and uh, it's, it's it's very fascinating. And people know it, you know. The communities know you're coming through, but it is not. Um, it, it, it is not like other races where there's a, you know, a, a big group of people, a Peloton of folks traveling together. But, uh, yeah. sometimes you do get that, you know, especially if you're doing it with someone else. And technically I know no one's supposed to come see you on the trail or help you, but man, it's, it's hard. It's hard on those, you know, when, when, when family offers to come see you and you're down, you're feeling pretty low and, you know it's going to lift your spirits
1: and and, and, that, and that's why it's cool when someone comes up on the road and gives you a thumbs up.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, that they're your they're your fan.
0: Ab- you know, some thumbs up, some little honk can can just change your whole day. Yeah. And that is you don't you don't think the little the smallest little pleasure, the smallest little piece of beauty or just lifts you right out of your right out of your dark little hole and and get you back on it. I'm now I'm just excited. I want to go do it i want to go well, do it this year <laughs> uh, come on i know it's, i did uh, it, i won't be able to this year but uh definitely definitely has been on my mind for sure
1: you know one thing you know we talked about the preparation and you know like on all these events you know people are you know whether it's a marathon or that or a through hike or whatever people that have done it encourage other people to do it it's like you know if you ha- think you want to do it and and i'm the same way you know same story if you ever think you want to do it for sure but you know be prepared and you know that's certainly a big part of it i remember i think it was even i think it was in 17 i you know you get all your stuff together and um you you get your your baby wipes and everything you know for your hygiene and i was riding along it's like you know i don't feel real comfortable down there and i was several it was a couple weeks into it or whatever and I look instead of buying baby wipes i'd bought clorox wipes <laughs> so you know it i guess the point is is there's so many details you got to cover on this thing or, or you, you, could be in yeah, trouble.
0: <laughs> you could be in serious trouble with a little mistake like that yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. that is too funny oh man so, you know, let me, let me, let me ask you this. Do, do you have a hard time adjusting back to normal life for the rest of the year? You do, do you kind of enjoy those two different worlds?
1: You know, it, it, that's interesting because I, I enjoy the two worlds, but yeah, it, it can be, uh I don't say difficult, but I, you know, there's something too about getting back into the swing of things. I haven't put my finger on it. You know, you come back and, of course, you kind of eat everything in sight. Oh um, yeah,
0: you're you're grateful for running water and you know, toilet well, and a cup of coffee, whenever you want. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but no, it 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 takes some time to get, and I mean even more than just uh, a couple months. It it you know it might take several months. And I probably affects people different ways. But no, it, it takes some time to kind of get back into the swing of things and into some. Normality, I guess.
0: What What's the biggest misconception that you hear about doing these long trips, maybe from people back home or just online?
1: Um, oh, it's a misconception, but and it, it's hard to follow a lot of the social media when you're out there and all the, a lot mm-hmm. of the drama. And then there certainly was a lot this year, but it, you know, it's there's a lot of armchair quarterbacking going on.
0: In what regard? People saying like, oh,
1: well, just what just drama?
0: Like, I don't, I, I didn't follow too. Oh, closely. there
1: was, yeah, there was some drama with uh, a film crew out there being on on their route. There's just a lot of second guessing. But you know, people will they? It's easy for people to follow. You know, why is? And I think it's more with the leaders, but why is so and so stopped at at this point? You know, why did they? They're second guessing the writers decisions that they make on the on the route and unless they've been out there doing it it's it's hard to for people to be too objective not that makes yeah. sense yeah you know it's just you know unless you've been out there you're on your you've been on your bike for 14 15 hours a day for how many days and why are, why are they stopping here you know it's why aren't why aren't they getting up I've had people that will say you know how come you don't start earlier in the morning it's like well man I you know he's just I don't set my alarm to get up, and
0: and you and you wake up feeling like you got hit in the in across the the back with a, a truck. It's hard to just and you're and it's freezing, and you're wet, and it's 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 hard to get up and just get yeah. moving. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've
1: um, yeah you know, I've taken a bivy that first year. I've taken um, a tent the other years. I think just a little more shelter. But yeah, it's just you're in that warm environment, and it's just like. Yeah, you know, i guess that's the thing. people say how can how come you're and and i don't sleep until eight nine o'clock but you know when the sun comes up i'm getting up and getting around but you know some i know the fast people they're getting up at you know four in the morning and going and it's just you know they're younger and and uh have a have a different goal than than what i do so
0: interesting yeah and you know i haven't even talked about this yet but uh one reason you might not be moving is because heck I remember one time we were stopped for like 15 minutes because there was about 300 cows in the way and yeah. they all looked like they weren't happy with us and there's no fences and there's just, you're just in this open plain with hundreds of cows that can chase you oh, down. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, what do we do here? Cause they're just the whole clusters right over the trail and we can't really go around them or go through them. So you just kind of have to wait, you know what I mean? Do, yeah. do you, have you had experiences with animals? Because I felt like when we did it, my buddy and I did it together. Uh, uh, I just felt like every other day we were narrowly escaping some sort of animal encounter, and so doing it five times now, I'm sure you've had your fair share of encounters. Yeah,
1: you know, I, probably the the main one I remember is uh, in New Mexico. You know, there's Black Angus from border to border and you know free range, but there was it wasn't it wasn't that many, but there was I don't know a couple dozen. And as you rolled up, most of the time they they move out of the way. But this one, the bull, he was standing on his ground. He was standing in the middle of the road, and it's like, okay, dude, I'll I'll walk or I'll go around you. And and like I say, there's no fence between he and I. And it's just like, yeah, you know, I'm not a you know I take bear spray. And I'm not really afraid of the bears or any other animals, but yeah, those get trampled by cattle wouldn't be fun. I think it's probably more dangerous than the wildlife that's out there.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think cattle kill more people than any animal in the world and people just underestimate how dangerous. Yeah. I mean, it's bigger than a bear as far as size and weight and there's a lot more of them. (laughs) We had a, we had a guy probably around that area is somewhere in Montana and we had caught up to him. He had fallen off his bike and broken a couple ribs, but he, you know, he could still ride, but, uh, he was an older gentleman and he said that this bull started chasing him and he was, you know, trying to make his way through this crowd of cows and, he picked up a rock and said he threw it at the bull as hard as he could, but when he did, it kind of engaged his, his core and, and just <laughs> pain shot through his abs. And so he said, I threw. I was about halfway through my throw, and then I just kind of let go of the rock and screamed in pain. And he goes, <laughs> and the rock flew straight towards the bull and hit him. As the bull was running towards him, he said it hit his toe. The the The, the rock just... Right as the bull's hoof was on the ground, it just hit it, and he said it. That bull lifted that foot up like it, like he had just stubbed his toe, and just <laughs> hobbled off the other direction, limping. And and he says, "I that thing probably would have killed me." And I just, yeah, think, holy it's cow, man! Shot. Are you narrowly? Yeah, I mean that was the David and Goliath situation. You narrowly escaped. That's <laughs> funny. I just think like. It's this is a dangerous. This is a dangerous adventure, man. So, so you, it's really just the cows for you, too. Nothing, not nothing really extreme. No, no, no bear encounters. Nothing with bison or well, anything I, like that.
1: I was, um, uh, it was in Idaho and you go, you're off that rail trail and there's, oh, the, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and which is and I, with the lava rock, there's a lava rock and I've gotten to the Wise River campground like at midnight. I looked in one of those one of those campsite bathrooms, you know, latrines to sleep in. It's like, nah, I'm not gonna sleep in there. So I put my my bivy. Out. That was the year I took my bivy. I, I bid put my bivy out. I get in the bed, and right and it's light there. There's a an area light. So I'm laying down, have my bear spray out, and we had been told that that's kind of like Grizzly Alley cause it's close to Yellowstone. And, mm. and so I, I'm laying down there and asleep and I feel something like walking across my, my legs. It's like, Oh man. So I grab my bear spray and I sit up and I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking the worst that there's this bear that's out there. I hadn't heard anything, but there's a skunk walking over my feet, over my, <laughs> over my legs. It's like, Oh man. So I sit up and he luckily he didn't spray me but I give him a shot of uh, bear spray as he's running away.
0: Oh gosh. A little taste but, of his own medicine. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That
0: is too funny, man.
1: I, you know, I've seen a couple of grizzlies, but not nothing up close. And one time was by a paved road and there were probably half a dozen cars just stopped there watching this grizzly just forging around looking for food. So you no, know, they don't they don't really care about humans.
0: And now, you know, is there any sort of gear that or, or any sort of creature comfort that you take with you on these long adventures on the Tour Divide? Anything that you just got to have?
1: Probably no creature comforts, but in, with my gear, I've, you know, I use a dynamo hub and it. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and for folks that don't know that, that can charge things and power things.
1: Correct. Yeah. It's um, the front hub as it turns, it makes electricity and it. It'll, you can, there's a little charging device. You can plug your US, it's got a USB port on. So you can charge your spare battery, your phone, your, your GPS, your computer or or whatever. Headlight
0: or headlamp or whatever.
1: Yeah. And and this year I used, it was a Sun hub. It was a German hub. It was a a good hub. Well, there's two little wires inside that hub that that had broken. Sometimes they can twist in the in the fork and it had done that and it broken the wire. So I was without the ability for my front hub to produce electricity. So turned fine. Oh gosh. So I, so I, so I had to buy a, a battery operated light and, and long story short, I called uh, the manufacturer and had them make another one for me on, on, the route. You know, it wasn't cheap, but it's just, you know, I guess it was a kind of a, it was reassuring. I would n- never run out of power. Yeah. Um. I'd always have light. That was kind of how my model. That was my, you know, my plan. I had it shipped to in a steamboat, and then sent my bad one back and had it had it rebuilt. But you know, I you know probably that I try to take. You know, I am taking a you know one-person tent now. And but no, I I don't take a lot of extra gear. Just one pair of shorts and one jersey and a long-sleeve t-shirt and a poofy coat and rain gear and you know, bladder enough for, for water. I still take a, a filter. You know, er, the first year, I, I probably carried too much water mm-hmm. or more water than I needed just because I, I didn't want to run out of water. And you, you know where the water stops are now. And up north, there's, even when I would collect water, I'll, I'll still filter it. But there's water up. First half of it, you can get water pretty frequently. Like I say, just down in New Mexico is where it's not as available. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, that's, that is one beauty of doing the the route over and over is you can kind of know where you can trim the fat in your kit and also just, you know, save, save, save weight, which can, you know, go a little faster, go a little lighter, which can make the experience, whole experience more enjoyable. So, um, absolutely. I, I definitely, if I ever did it again, there's a lot I know now that I, I did not then, that's for sure. Yeah. But, uh, so let me ask you this: You know, if, if if there's somebody out there who might be, you know, maybe maybe they got an opportunity or at least a window of opportunity where something like this might be possible, you know, but it may, may may take a little rearranging, moving around. What, what do you say to the people who have an idea to do something like this, but maybe no experience and but the desire to, you know, like yourself?
1: Yeah, just like we we're saying, I was, you know, for sure, whatever that is, I would you know, encourage them to do it and just, you know, start out slow, small, um, with shorter o- overnight rides you know, load your stuff on your bike and you're going to take too much and with you and, but you'll end up figuring out what you, what's necessary and, and do it and then go do a week long ride and do it self-supported. And there's rides out there around wherever someone would live that pick a route that, where you've got to manage your water and food, but yet if you get in trouble, you can always make a phone call and get home. There's, you know, there's routes or now there's gravel rides about anywhere. But, you know, just just start small and, and don't let the failures or the non-successful rides discourage you. I know my first Dirty Kansas, which is a 200-mile ride, ride in Kansas, and they've got stops every 50 miles. Well, my first year I did that, I stopped at mile 45. I was five miles from the rest stop and, and got a ride in. Yeah. 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 You know, so I just, you know, don't, don't think those things are failures. Just, just view them as stepping stones up to, you know, whether it's the doing the divide or whether it's a half marathon or whatever, just, you know, work towards it. And, and the sense of accomplishments, just,
0: It's going to make it worth it. That's for sure. Oh my
1: gosh. Yeah. It's, it's amazing.
0: You know, that's a good point because a a lot of people, I feel like try something new, just, just one time goes horribly, horribly, and they never try again. And the people that can at least try one more time, I don't know what the stats are, I don't know even how if that can even, but I guarantee they have a a a 75% chance of it com- being a completely different story and enjoying it immensely. I mean, I that the first time I mountain bike, I hated it because I just I I fell 50 times and I was like, what the heck do people do this for? This is miserable, but it was just a really technical route and I was totally unexperienced. My balance was horrible and did it one more time and it was a totally different story. And I just can't tell you how many times, how many things in life are like that. You try it the very first time and you are awful at it and then just doing it, just try it again, maybe two or three times. And then all of a sudden you realize Oh man, okay, okay, and I you know, start seeing start seeing some progress, and the next thing you know, you're you're biking from Canada to Mexico, yeah, six times.
1: <laughs> and you know, and that, and that's the thing about you know you can take so many lessons from the divide or whatever it is that in that you're using in your everyday life, just like in our our business mm. in the garden center business, it you know we rely on you know twelve ten weekends in the spring for good weather. Well, there's a lot of years we don't get those good weekends and it's, you know, it's, we're getting, a, it's nice during the week, but the weekend it rains and our, you know, our sales are way down, but you know, you just can't give up. Just like on the divide is, you know, it's wet and rainy or whatever. You just, you know, keep going and finding a way to persevere and you can just use those analogies in, in all aspects of your life.
0: You you know, this as well as anybody that's ever been on this show, you cannot predict the, the good experience and the bad experience is where they fall on it because so many times they are just butted up right against each other. You know, it's like the worst day, the worst morning and the wo- most wonderful evening are the same day. Like it happens so many times and, and you just, at some point the odds are going to turn in your favor if you just keep going.
1: Well, that's why I say, you know, there's, there's always a, a payoff for this struggle this hard time this absolutely you know this sum or going up to this summit or, or whatever it is it's just you know once you get up there it, and sometimes you get up there where you think is and it is a summit and you think well it's going to be easy going down we get the other side it, it, it's going to be a rocky road you now you leave yep. brush mountain lodge you go up over that ridge it's like six miles of 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 rough rain going down so it you know it's just it'll it'll come but just you know sometimes it's at the least expectant time absolutely
0: so how can uh, how can people find out more about you marty i know you uh i know you like to to write about your experiences
1: yeah i've, I've got a, a blog and and I, I my daughter i mentioned her the other day i said "Well, we need to, need to get this one uh, posted but it's dot
0: bucketride.bike, bucketride.bike.
1: Yeah, bucket ride like a bucket list, but bucket ride and it is dot dot bike. And it I've got recaps of, of the different years on there and that's or on Instagram. I post a lot of pictures on Instagram and its name or handle is got chili C H I L E. On Instagram. I post a lot of pictures and the Flint Hills and, and rides. Yeah, I see the my, my the blog, the bucket ride, has a lot of the information about about the rides.
0: Perfect. Well, Marty, man, I, I really appreciate you being on and just telling us a little bit about your experience of, of of doing something really, really fun, really unique, really you know out of the box for a lot of people. And so, uh, you know, I hope it inspires somebody to get out there and, and do something exciting for for their life.
1: Yeah, it. uh, And like I say, you know, me first one was at age sixty, and you know, as long as you're, you know don't don't wait too long, but as long as your health and it may not happen when you're young, and if, but if you're older and still able, you're able to do something, get out there and do it.
0: Awesome. Marty. thanks so much, man. And I, I really appreciate you being on and, and good luck this year going out there. I will be following your blue dot.
1: <laughs> All right, Mason. Well, thank you. And I uh, love the podcast. I just started listening to it and some very interesting individuals on there um, with a lot of great stories
0: thank you yeah we've we've had some uh over the 600 episodes there have been quite the the vast majority are are absolutely incredible it it has been a lot of fun over the last few years for sure yeah i enjoy it well good well marty have a great night man and uh yeah stay warm and looking forward to to june can't wait to follow you
1: yeah all right thank you all right
0: yes sir all right bye first of all